0: Amen. But I want to start out with this morning, I'm going to speak kind of a simple message this morning. We started a series a few weeks back in Renovate called When Jesus Shows Up, and going um, will speak a simple message this morning, it's truth that you've heard before, but sometimes I feel like God wants us to get back to the basics, and just get in His Word and see what He has to say to us, amen? But I want to open up this morning with a statement, and it's on the screen for you. Jesus is... If I was to give every single person in this room this morning an opportunity to tell me what Jesus is to them, then we could be here all day. I'm telling you, because I, I could come up with endless amounts of names for Christ. And I kind of got this a few months back. Um, a church out in, on the West Coast, they started a series called Jesus Is. I said, that's pretty cool. I was looking into this stuff, and there's I found this series a church was doing out west called Jesus Is. And they're still doing that series. They've been doing it now for three months. You think Pastor Terry stays on the series for a long time? <laughs> amen. But I got thinking about that. You know, that's a series you could stay on all year. Oh, amen. I mean, there's, there's a name that you could preach about every single week of the year. Amen. About who Christ is. But the, the cool thing about this is this church has a website. And it's actually called Jesus-Is.org or something like that. But what they do is they allow you to go on there and put a response. And there's little blocks all over the screen, and you'll see Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Savior, Jesus is Father. And I just wrote down a few of them. Jesus is my best friend, my Redeemer. But the thing about this is the church, they censor it, but they don't censor it. And I know why they do this. Because some of these blocks you go on there, I've seen Jesus is a lie or Jesus is a fake. Or Jesus is confusing. Jesus is non-existent. And you know, I got to think, I said, man, this church needs to censor this stuff. You know, don't will put that on there if people stumble across this website. But God spoke to me and says, you guys aren't doing a good enough job. I was like, whoa, yeah, that hurt? I had to go in my closet and get my steel-toed boots out, man. You're not doing a good enough job. There's still people out there in the world that, don't, that do not understand Jesus is and I think that website really opened my eyes and I'm sure if, if anyone wants to go to this website it would open their eyes to the fact that we've got to get out there and really preach the message of who Jesus Christ is and that's why I feel like the Lord told me just let's get to the basics on this series when Jesus shows up let's just talk some some biblical truths some simple some simple foundations and let's just make Jesus known amen, amen. so if you got your bibles Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and I'm going to read verses 3 through 5. Um, As we say in in Renovate, if you don't have your Bible, it'll be on the Sky Bible. That's what we call our TV screens in the back. So it'll be on the Sky Bible for you this morning. But we're going to read uh, verses 3 through 5 this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 10. If you're there, say, "woo." If you're not, say, wait. Wait, wait. Oh, all right. (laughs) All right. I'm waiting on you, Bailey. You just tell me when you're ready, son. All right, we're good. All right, 2 Corinthians ten three through 5. You Say, wait again? Okay, good. Here we go. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought, now I like this, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I mean, how awesome is that? Everything is in captivity to Christ. Amen? All right. Flip back for me. Mark chapter 2. I'm going to read a story for you real quick in the book of Mark, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to get in this thing real quick this morning. It's not a real long message. Uh, as you know, renovate. If I speak longer than 30 minutes, they're asleep. So as a, as a youth pastor, I try to keep it down just a little bit, okay? One week I walked in there and told them I had a message that was 12 pages long. And I swear all of them had a bathroom break quick. they ready to go. So here we go. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Again, it'll be on the Sky Bible for if you don't have it. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days. And it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together, so there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, Your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up his bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. That is an awesome story. And like Jonathan, a lot of times when I'm studying, I'll read King James, New King James, NIV the Message Bible, and I want to read this story to you from the Message Bible. I like how plain it is, man, you see how calm and cool and how awesome Christ is in this story through the Message Bible. Verse 1, after a few days, Jesus returned to Capernaum, and word got around that he was back home. A crowd gathered, jamming the entrance so no one could get in or out. He was teaching the word. This is one thing I like about Christ. There were no bells. There were no whistles. There was no gimmicks. He just spoke the word. And that's what God, I believe, is trying to tell us. Get back into the basics. It was just the word. They brought a paraplegic to him carried by four men. When they weren't able to get in because of the crowd, they removed part of the roof and lowered the paraplegic on his stretcher. Impressed by their bold belief, Jesus said to the paraplegic, Son, I forgive your sins. Some religion scholars sitting there started whispering among themselves, he can't talk that way. That's blasphemy. God and only God can forgive sins. Now look how cool Christ is right here. Jesus knew right away what they were thinking, and he said, why are you so skeptical? Which is simpler, to say to the paraplegic, I forgive your sins, or say, get up, take your stretcher, and start walking? Well, just so that it's clear that I am the Son of Man, and authorized to do either or both. He looked at the now at the paraplegic. Get up, pick up your stretcher, and go home. And the man did it. Got up, grabbed a stretcher, and walked out with everyone there watching him. They rubbed their eyes, incredulous, and said, and then praised God, saying, "We've never seen anything like this." I mean, how awesome is that? To get that picture, these guys are sitting there. Did that just happen? That's what happened here. And the cool thing about Christ, he said, you know, just so that you know that who I am is who I am, I'll just tell him. I'll tell him what you want me to tell him. And it happened. But I like this last part. It says, we've never seen anything like this. This is a question I posed to the teenagers back here a few weeks back. I said, how would you like to have a school year? Where at the end of the school year, you look back and you said, man, I've never seen anything like this. How would you like to have a job that every morning you went in, you saw God working and moving, you said, man, I've never seen anything like this. How would you, all you single people in the house, when God brings you that perfect someone, like to be able to say, man, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, think about it. That's how God can work in your life when he shows up. He can make things happen around you that just blows your mind. And you're like, man, I have never seen anything like this. So this morning, we're going to speak on the topic when Jesus shows up. Let's pray right quick. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for your spirit that is in this house this morning, Lord. I thank you for just moving this morning during the time of worship. And, Lord, I pray that in this time of word, Lord, that you'll begin to speak to our lives, Lord. Lord, what I feel like is just a simple message, God, but I pray that you would just get it into our hearts and into our spirits, God, that we know that you are always with us no matter what. So it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. So how many of you are scared easily? Some of you? How many of you ever had a practical joke played on you where, you know, you go into a room, you think you're all alone? And somebody's hiding in the corner. You know what I'm saying? And you walk in, man, you're in there, man. Oh, you know, it just messes with you. And people know that's you, so they do that to you. Right? Or how many of you, some of us older folks, ever been at home in your bedroom with your little walkman in? These kids don't know what a walkman is. They know what a discman is but, or an iPod. Our man, or a walkman or a jam box we have any jam box people in the house? You know what I'm talking about? And you got it over on your dresser, and you've got it just cranked, man. And you got your eyes closed, and you're, in there, you're just rocking it out, dude. And you dancing around. You're doing MC Hammer, you know, across the bedroom floor or whatever. <laughs> and you open your eyes, and your mom's standing there. You know, and you try to play it all. Like, dude, I just, you know, clean this off the floor. Whatever. You know? And you realize at that moment... You're not alone. Someone else is in the house. That's the way it is with Christ. I believe a lot of times in our life, we think that when we go through a bad situation that we're all by ourselves. And if we'd ever just open our eyes and realize that he's right there with you. No matter what's going on, he's right there with you. It don't matter how much you're dancing or acting a fool, whatever you're doing, he's right there with you. Look at what the Word says in Psalms 139, verses 7 and 8. I love this scripture. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. He's everywhere. We cannot get away from his presence And the cool thing is he is just sitting there already, just ready to show up in your life and do something awesome for you once you realize that he's there. Once you realize that you're not alone, he wants you to see that, man, this is how big I am. I want to be there for you. I want to do these things for you. And the thing is this, and this is what really blew my mind when I was was reading these scriptures. How many of us feel like that, man, God can only be with me if I'm in church? I mean, think about that. A lot of us sit there all week long, I man. I can't wait for Wednesday to get here. I can't wait for Sunday to get here so I can just get in God's presence. The awesome thing about God is that it don't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter if you're at work, you at school, if you're a subway down the street, wherever you are, God is with you. And you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait till you open up your Bible. You don't have to wait till you get in that prayer time. God wants to be so much bigger than that in your life. He wants you to realize that He is with you no matter what you're doing. It doesn't always have to be in the spiritual times. It could be when you're riding down the road. It could be when you're just eating lunch with your friends or or just hanging out. Whatever it is, God wants to be, and He will show up in your life. Think about that for a moment. A lot of times I've I've felt like this in my life, and I know probably most of you have. You, You feel like you've got to be in that spiritual move for God to be there yeah it's funny I was talking to a guy at work the other day and he said that um, he and his wife were riding down the road and they had their daughters with them and they come by the church you know we were coming from Malden to Simpsonville and they looked over and one of the daughters said do you think God's in there because the doors were closed nobody was here lights were off it was during the week do you think God's in there and I kind of got tickled because he's everywhere all the time. But it's, it's like we get that in our mindset that he's just here. That the only time we can grab a hold of him is right here. And God says, I know this is simple, but just tell them I'm with him everywhere. I'm with him all the time. It doesn't have to be in just those spiritual times. That's what we call them, our spiritual times. You know, when we get up in the morning and we're doing our devotion time, yeah, God's there and God wants to show up in your life when you open up your Bible, when you pray, and he wants to show up in your life, and he will move on your behalf. But man, what about the times when things are going bad? What about the times when we feel like we're all alone? He's with you. I was thinking about this the other day. Um, When I get off of work, I go pick Amber and Alec up from school, and sometimes I'm sitting in the carpool line all by myself, you know, and I'm just sitting there. Sometimes I'll have the radio on, sometimes I'll have my Bible with me, sometimes I'll have a book, sometimes I'm just on Facebook, you know, whatever. Just kind of killing the time. But I was sitting there one day, I had no music on, I didn't have my Bible open. I was actually just watching some kids playing over on the side because the elementary school kids had already been picked up and they were out there playing around. And then all of a sudden, I started tearing up. I was like, what in the world, dude? my allergies are awful you know <laughs> but I realized at that moment that God was with me I wasn't listening to a praise and worship CD I wasn't reading my Bible but his presence just came all over me and I realized man he is right here with me and that's what he wants us to realize is no matter what's going on in your life he's there you're never alone Now I was talking to someone this week I said God has never left you he's never forsaken you but yeah I feel that way And I know if all of us were honest, we'd say, I felt that way. I feel like that he's just left me before, but he hasn't. He's always right there with you, waiting for you just to say, God, I need you to show up in my life. I need you right here with me in my life. I'll give you guys something to think about this morning. And uh, I brought this to the attention of Renovate a few weeks ago, and I got them all excited. But what if today somebody in this room was to come up to you and say, Ralph, I opened a bank account in your name about 10 years ago, and I've been putting money in it, and with the interest and everything, there's about 4 or $5 million dollars in it, and it's yours. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Think about that. How would your attitude change? I mean, how, literally, he's already st- sitting up straight in his chair now, son. <laughs> but how would your posture change? If somebody was coming to you and said, man... It's yours. I mean, it's, it's been yours for ten years, but I just wanted you to know today that it's yours, dude. I'd be like George Jefferson, you know, moving on up. <laughs> you know, just these young ones are like, who, who is that? <laughs> but think about that. We wouldn't be just sitting here going, man. Well, thank you, kind sir. That's awful nice of you. No, dude, we'd be going nuts. I don't know about you, but I'd be lapsed around the church. You know what I'm saying? But God wants me to come by here this morning and tell you that He is yours. He's always been yours. And for some reason or another, you haven't realized that yet or not. I don't know why. Some reason or another, somebody hasn't come by and said, Look, He's yours. He's always been yours. And it's when you realize, dude, this is mine. The same power that God had when He healed this guy we read about in the Bible the same power that he lived in and he walked in and he delivered, we have that power right now in our life. It's yours. I'm here to tell you this morning that it's yours. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? we got to realize it. Okay, so that's my intro. Let's get to the message. I'm just kidding. But check this out. There are three things I want you to get this morning that happens When Jesus shows up. Three things. The first thing is this when Jesus shows up, people show up. You look at this scripture we read in the Bible, people heard that Jesus was in the house. And the awesome thing you read about this, man, that place was packed. People came from all over, and I love hearing stories from Africa and from Paraguay, where people walked for miles and miles and miles to get to church. And they packed the place out. And I thought about that when I was reading this story. People went for one reason and one reason only. because Jesus was there. Amen. It wasn't, and I've told this to the young people, it wasn't because of the latest iPhone. It wasn't because of the latest iPad. It wasn't because the new Harry Potter movie came out. They went because Jesus was in the house. That's it. Just a little side note. In a few months, that new iPhone, that new iPad, that new movie is going to be average because there's going to be a new phone, there's going to be a new movie. And God doesn't want to be average in our life. So we got to stop trying to put him in that same category. Because in a few months, man, something else is going to come along, it's going to grab our attention, and then we're going to kind of push him aside. He doesn't want to be average in our life. And that was free, I don't know where that came from. Threw me off. But he doesn't want to be average in our life. Man, think about faith renewed. Man, what if you showed up next Sunday and you couldn't get in the house? Not because Pastor Terry's back. Not because I'm here. Not because the awesome band we got. Because everybody knows Jesus is in this house. And he's here. He is here. But I just get so pumped up thinking about that. Thinking about, man... God is in the house and people are just flocking to see that. But then I think back to that website and I think back to some of those negative thoughts that people were putting about Christ. I'm thinking, are we letting people know that Jesus is in this house? Are we doing our job and telling people who Christ is to us in order so that when they need something or they just need to be in his presence, they know they can flock here and see him for who he is. When Jesus shows up, people show up. The second thing that happened is this, and this is one nobody likes. When Jesus shows up, problems show up. Mm. I was talking to someone this week, and we were talking about, I was talking to someone this morning, and we were talking about how the devil's trying to just beat us down and trying to keep us from doing what God's called us to do. If you're on his hit list, you're doing something right. Okay? So when Jesus shows up, problems are going to show up. And I'm going to give you a simple answer why. Because Jesus is the problem solver. That's right. Amen. Problems are going to come, but guess what? He's here, so why worry about it? Amen. Why let the problems bring you down? We read in this story that the crowd shows up. Everything's going good, man. People are crowding in this place just to see Christ. Everything's going good. Then all of a sudden, a problem shows up. Four crazy guys walk in with a guy who's paralyzed, try to get in. I mean, come on. We've been in this line all this time. You think you're just going to walk in here and push your way to the front? All you Black Friday shoppers. <laughs> I mean, we've been here all this time, and you think you're going I don't care if he can't walk. You're not going to push your way. That became a problem. Think about it. We don't read in the Bible where these people said, oh, no problem. We'll move out of the way and let you guys come on in. The story don't say that. The story, the way I read it, I just see them just kind of just turning their back and you know, moving their arms out, making it harder for them to get through. A problem showed up. But guess what? Christ was the problem solver. And the thing about us as Christians, we want the good times. Man, we want, man, the presence of God. We want him to show up in our life. We want to see the blessings begin to flow. We don't want to see the problems when they show up. Man, that just brings us down. You know, that becomes Black Friday fights, you know? And while I'm on that, I, I, told, I told some of the youth this past Wednesday, I got a revelation about that this past week. <laughs> no, it's, it's not bad. It's not funny, how about that? But we worked at the soup kitchen last Saturday. And how many of you saw the news uh, last Saturday where the guy at the department store was trampled? by the people trying to get in I don't know if it was Walmart or wherever it was somewhere up north, Target I mean they opened the doors and the security guard went the doors open and the floodgates and you can literally hear this guy on the ground yelling I mean he's being trampled and here's what the people are doing they're going to get their iPod they didn't care. <laughs> I'm thinking, this poor guy, dude. And the camera keeps rolling. Gary, good news, the guy does get up. And he don't run to the hospital. He runs to get his TV. <laughs> well, he don't run. He... <laughs> what in the world? But I'm at the soup kitchen this past Saturday, and God hit me with something. You know, there's people that come in there week after week. Some of them are homeless. Some of them just don't have the means to to make it. Some of them come in, and that's the only meal they get that week when they come there. And people uh, give donations, you know, to help buy food, to feed them or whatever. But a lot of times the food that comes in is bags of bread or bags of chips. And what the soup kitchen does is that stuff, because it don't last long, they let them take it out with them. So, I mean, those people are pumped when they come in. You know, and we're trying to figure out where we're going to eat after church. You know, we're we're sitting here for a half hour. Is it Lone John Silver's? Is it what is it? And these people, man, they see this food out there, and they're just they're filling bags full to take it out with them. You know, and you're just sitting there, just crying, thinking, man, that could be me. But this past Saturday, somebody came in while we were there with a shipment of chips, and the good chips too. These weren't no knockoff Publix brands or whatever. These were the good chips, the good flavors. You know, the barbecue, the sour cream and onion, the big bags. So the guy working in the soup kitchen, he loads them up on a cart, and he says, will not you take them out there and uh, let them have them. Listen. <laughs> I felt like the dude had got trampled. I started pushing them out there, dude, and I heard somebody say, chips. <laughs> and, dude, I just pushed the cart and walked on. <laughs> You know, it's funny, but it's sad at the same time. But if you ever been to a park and, you know, you throw a cracker around and you see the pigeons just, that's the way it was. But God told me, he said, look at this, we're so selfish as a people that we'll trample over someone to get the latest, greatest iPod or TV or whatever's on sale, and these people are trying their best just to get their next meal. Man, that hit me last week. And it hit me hard last week. And I begin to think, man, who is Christ? Are we doing what we're supposed to do to share his love with people? Whether it's passing out chips or just saying, man, Jesus loves you. Or whether are sitting out in the cold giving out hot chocolate at 3 o'clock in the morning on Black Friday. And it was black because it was still dark. But how are we making Jesus known? Who is he? For us, this is what I I see. God wants us to deal with those sins and those issues in our life. As Christians, he loves us so much that he don't want us to walk out this door still harboring anything. Hard feelings, habits that we have, whatever it is, he don't want us to have to live with those things. And he loves us enough to say, you know what, whatever problem you have, whatever situation you have, I have shown up this morning to take that from you. Amen. But here's the deal, you've got to be willing to give it up. Amen. And that's the hard thing. You know, we pray a lot of times back in the back. We'll pray for kids and we'll say, you know, now just leave it at the altar. But the very next week I'm praying for that same kid for the same thing. You know why? Why? because they pick it back up and put it back in their back pocket spiritually because they can't let go of it. Whatever the problem is, God says, if you will just allow me to show up in your life, I'll take care of it. The third thing that happens when Christ shows up, and this is the one we all like, when Jesus shows up, power shows up. Man, it's all about the power, right? In the world today, it's all about the power. The power. And I said this the other week, and Amber tried to correct me. So I'm going to say it again because she was wrong. Um, That latest, greatest iPhone, that latest, greatest iPad, whatever it is, if it doesn't have a battery in it that's charged, it's useless. Without that power, those apps don't work. Without that power, that iPad is just paperweight. To prompt the door open with. That's a high dollar paperweight. But without that power, it is useless. And that's the way it is with our life. Without the power of Christ, man, we can't make it. Without the power of Christ, we can't do anything. You know, he said in the book of Acts chapter 1 that he would give us power. Oh, amen. Man, he would give us power when the Holy Spirit begins to come on us. When he shows up, we will have power. It goes on to say power to witness, but I want to expand that a little bit. He'll give you power to witness, but he'll give you the power to make the right choices. He'll give you power to speak the truth to people. He'll give you power to live and breathe and go through any problem that may come your way. Man, if you walk in that power and you know you've got that power, you'll do anything. You'll do anything. You'll try anything. You know, I like watching uh, strongman competitions. Pastor Terry likes the MMA things, but I like watching strong men come. I like watching guys pulling 18-wheelers and that crazy stuff. But they're strong, and they know they got the power. So they'll try anything. I mean, I'm sitting here watching these guys try to pick up this stuff, and I'm expecting their arms to just come loose. You know, they stand up in no their arms. I mean, that stuff's heavy. But they've got the power, and they know it. Let that sink in for a second. You've got the power. Do you know it? When Jesus shows up, there's power, and there's power in you. You just got to use it. You got to use it. The four guys, they didn't wait around. They didn't look over at their buddy and say, man, I'm sorry, we tried. You know, maybe next week if he comes back, we'll try to get you in here earlier they didn't do that I believe that the Holy Spirit come upon them and I believe they realized. I mean we can do something about this they didn't go home they didn't just you know put him back on the stretcher and roll him out they went on top of the roof tore a hole in it and lowered him down now if that ain't a problem for a crowd what if right now where you're sitting ceiling tiles start dropping and somebody's laying right there beside you all of a sudden. <laughs> Think about it. Those four guys knew that Christ had the power. And they weren't going to let anything stop them from getting their friend there. Amen. Who in your life are you trying to get to, to know Christ? Who in your life have you been praying for? What are you doing about it? What, are you, what obstacles are you allowing you to just back up and say, you know, I tried. Or are you willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done, to get the word out? we got to be willing to, to do whatever it takes. Looking back at 2 Corinthians 10, 4, you know, we got the message translation in. Like, this is the P.S. translation of the scripture. God's power is our weapon to bring down strongholds in our lives. I believe that's what that scripture is telling us. If you would tap into that power, there's no stronghold, there's no enemy, there's no devil, there's no weight in the backpack, there's no anything that can hold you back from being who God has called you to be and do what God's called you to do. So I want you to think for a moment. Who's had a crappy week? Who's had things come at them and they just, for some reason, they felt like maybe they want to give up? I'm here to tell you a simple message this morning that Jesus is here. He wants to show up in your life and you can have that power. But you've got to be willing to accept it. You've got to be living to, willing to just walk in it. That freedom that they were singing about earlier. I told Brent he was, he was starting to, to speak my message. I started just handing him notebook and go sit down, you know. But that's what Christ is saying. That freedom and that power is here. you just got to walk, live, move in it. Let him show up in your life. The cool thing about it is, if you'll walk in that freedom, that power, if you'll allow him to show up, he's going to change you. This paralyzed guy was changed. Never to be the same. I mean, he was rolled in, but he walked out. That's power. I want to end with, with a story, another story that's found in Luke chapter 17. And I'm going to read this from the Message Bible. Um, I think we give that to you, Johnny. No, Luke 17, 11 through 19. Uh, I want to read this to you. And I just want to pose a question to you at the end of this story, okay? Luke 17, 11 through 19. It happened that as he made his way toward Jerusalem, he crossed over the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village... Ten men, all lepers, met him. They kept their distance but raised their voices, calling out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. We all know why they kept their distance. They had lepers. They had leprosy. And back in that day, you had to stay away from people, and you actually had to yell unclean when people came near you. So the Bible says that they kept their distance, but they yelled out, Jesus, Master, have mercy upon us. Taking a good look at them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priest." Man, you never read anywhere in the Bible where Jesus healed people the same way every time. You know, he told the one guy you were saved, he was healed. He told them, go show yourself to the priest. He didn't say you were healed. He didn't say, okay, I see what I can do. He said, go show yourself to the priest. They went, and while still on their way, they became clean. One of them, when he realized that he was healed, turned around and came back shouting his gratitude, glorifying God, he kneeled at Jesus' feet so grateful he couldn't thank him enough, and he was a Samaritan. And Christ put that in there for a reason. You remember the story of the Good Samaritan? Nobody wanted to touch him because he was a Samaritan. People didn't want to associate with him. And this guy that came back was a Samaritan, and Jesus wanted you to know that he was an outsider, so to speak. But Jesus said, we're not ten healed. Where are the nine? But no one, no one, can none be found to come back and give glory to God except for this outsider. Except for this one guy that's not even supposed to be talking to me. This one came back. Then he said to him, get up on your way. Your faith has healed you and saved you. I posed this question this past Wednesday night. How many times have you come to Christ and you said, God, I need your help on this situation. I've got this problem. And man, miraculously, it happens. Boom. And you're just like, man, that's cool. You go on your way. Or how many of you in here have given your heart to Christ and you thought, that's it. That's all I got to do. I believe in this story, God's telling us a couple things here. He's given us, He's shown up in our life, and He's given us that power to overcome any problem. To tell the crowds about Him. But, like the nine, some of us just sit there. Some of us don't give credit where credit is due. Some of us don't give glory to God like we should. You know, last week was Thanksgiving week, and You know, I I read this this story in the Bible. I'm thinking, man, this guy, he got it. He got the whole thing about thanksgiving and giving God praise. But the other nine was just like a lot of us. Yeah, we got what we wanted. You know, Christmas is coming up, and we've heard it for weeks. I want this, 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 and this. And then this. Man, they got what they wanted. They got what they needed. But instead of coming back and just saying, man, man, thank you. What, what can I do for you? They just went on their way. The Bible doesn't say what happened to them. Did they go on and live a productive life? Did they like in the story in the Old Testament when the kids were making fun of the prophet and the bear came out? I don't know. Read that story. You'll know what I'm talking about. It doesn't say. But I believe that this guy that came back, I believe God began to use him. I believe this guy ran out and told everybody about Christ. And I believe that he was so thankful that he went out. I bet everybody he came in contact with, he said, man, there's this guy. You guys have got to meet this guy. He healed me. He made me whole. He can do the same for you. How many of us are that guy? Or how many of us want to be that guy, but for some reason or another, we're like, You know, I really can't make a difference. God's given you power to witness, to do the right thing. Where are you at in that story? Are you that one, or do you fall in that nine? A lot of times we fall into the nine, I'll be honest with you. God has called us to do something. God has called us to just witness and tell people about his love and to tell them that Christ can show up in their life and help them. But for some reason or another, we get so busy with life that we just kind of go on our way. So, with every head bowed, every eye closed this morning, I want you to ask yourself a question Where do you fit in that story? Where do you fit in that? Man, we've read two stories in the Bible this morning. We've seen how Christ has showed up in a miraculous way twice. What do you need this morning? What problem have you stumbled in here with this morning that you think is just too big to handle? What situation is going on in your life that has just made this week just, let's be honest, just totally crappy for you? What do you need God to show up and do for you? So with every head bowed, every eye closed in the house this morning, if you're in here this morning, you say, Pastor Stephen, I need you to pray for me. There's things been going on, I don't understand it. There's there's problems that's come my way, and I don't know what to do. You're not alone, man. It's just like earlier when I was talking about being in a room with my jam box jamming. I open my eyes, my mom's there. If you just open your eyes this morning you'll see that he's right there with you. You're not alone. You're never alone. So if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor I need you to pray for me. With no one looking around, if you just throw your hand up in the air and say, I need your prayer. I need God to do something for me in my life this morning. I need God to show up in a way that I've never seen before. I want to be able to leave this service this morning and say, man, I've never seen anything like that that's what God wants to do for you today I think he wants to wow you this morning I think he wants to move on your behalf in a way that you just you just don't understand so as the praise team begins to sing I'm going to ask some of the leaders if they will come up front and if you've raised your hand for anything this morning I'm going to ask you to do one more thing I'm going to ask you to take a next step and I'm going to ask you to come down front and allow us to pray with you. Allow us to share with you this morning this Jesus that can take away any problem, any situation in your life, that can show up on your behalf and have you leaving here going, Wow, I have never seen anything like this. What do you need from him this morning? He's here he's ready to meet with you you just got to take that first step a lot of times we expect people to come to us or we expect this and that but guess what he he said just take that first step and I'll show up and make a difference in your life so as they begin to sing we're going to begin to pray with you and share with you if there's anybody else feel free these altars are open These altars are always open. So let's go to the Lord this morning.